Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Thursday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I've got Brent Daughtry on the show with me today. Uh, Shortened show today. Again, this is the beginning of March Madness. The tournament has begun, and we will be getting off the air at 5 o'clock today uh, to let you get set for Auburn men's basketball as they take on the Iowa Hawkeyes. We will have a deep breakdown of that game coming up in just a few moments. We'll also talk about the NCAA tournament uh, as March has already produced some madness here uh, very early on in the Thursday window. also want to go ahead and make the announcement that we will not be having uh, a show tomorrow after all. Auburn baseball has moved game times uh, up in Fayetteville, Arkansas due to very cold weather. It's going to get uh, around freezing there tomorrow night so they have moved that game up to a 345 first pitch or excuse me a 345 airtime four o'clock first pitch tomorrow and so uh we will not have a show any longer due to that uh so if you're looking if you're listening for us tomorrow we will not be on the airwaves we'll be back on monday uh for that so uh let's get things going again birthdays and sports as always nightly tv got to conclude and again we're getting off air at 5 o'clock today, Ryan LaVoy and Brant Daughtry with you. Brant, uh, we've been watching uh, the NCAA tournament, as I think everyone would be in the office right now, and uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. Good to have you back on the show. It's March, man. It's March, and it's it's already, like you said, produced uh, a really great finish in this round of 64. Furman over Virginia, the last-second three-pointer, uh, just off a, a wild mistake pass, really, and just – Man, it's already fun. It's already fun, and that's why this is the greatest time of year, March Madness, man. There's nothing quite like it, and we're just getting started. Yeah, roughly only 10% of the brackets out there uh, had Furman beating Virginia. So if you're one of those 10%, you're feeling very good right about now, but also you've already had an 8-9, which can be can split people very evenly. You've also had a 7-10, which is usually not the easiest to predict. Uh, so I, a lot of brackets already uh, not perfect, uh, and that is not surprising as it is incredibly hard just to get out of the first day being perfect, let alone the first round or the round of 32. So uh, we will talk about uh, everything going on with the NCAA tournament. We do want to start, however, uh, with the game that will be coming up in about two and a half hours from Birmingham, Auburn, and Iowa. Uh, that one will be a 5.50 tip-off time. Again, 5 o'clock airtime over on FM Talk 93.9. And again, want to remind everyone, uh, we said it at the end of the show yesterday. By the way, very fun show yesterday uh, with Town Name Tuesday on a Wacky Wednesday taking place. If you missed that, go check it out in the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. But 
uh, said at the end of the show, you cannot find the stream of Andy Bertram and Joe Champy uh, on an app or uh, on Auburn's app, on our app, or on a radio station's app. It is not allowed to be streamed. Uh, that is an NCAA rule. Uh, the only place to hear Andy is your local Auburn Sports Network affiliate on the actual radio. So obviously in the Auburn Opelika area, down 85 towards Montgomery and up 85 towards the Georgia State Line, that's FM Talk 93.9. But if you're listening to us from some other location, find your local Auburn Sports Network affiliate and listen to the radio uh, to get that. Westwood One has the exclusive rights uh, for all NCAA tournament games via the radio so and via streaming. So that's why you cannot stream us. You cannot stream uh, the Auburn Tigers app or anything like that. So I wanted to go ahead and make that announcement. But Auburn and Iowa coming up uh, at 5.50 tonight in Birmingham. Obviously a big crowd right now for the Alabama game that's taking place there all over Texas A&M Corpus Christi in the first half, leading by nearly 20 points as we speak. And so Auburn with another 8-9 matchup. We've seen the the first 8-9 matchup in Birmingham today was very close. Went down to the wire between West Virginia and Maryland. Maryland came out on top. These 8-9 games, again, Brant, are incredibly difficult to predict. The 9 actually wins 51% of the time. They win just a little bit more than the 8 does. And so Auburn is the 9. They get the opportunity to play in Birmingham. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it all week, but again, what are the big highlights for you when thinking of this matchup tonight? So, when I when you look when you watch Iowa, they like to play inside out. Yes, they take a lot of threes, but it's because they can get to the rim, and then you have you are forced to crash on them in the rim, and then they kick it out for an open look. That's a lot of their offense. You're going, and the thing is, if they are open at the rim, they make really good shots. They they make the open shots when they're in close. So. You're going to need to see, frankly, you're going to need Janai Broom to play better than he has the past couple of games. He's, I, I think especially against Arkansas, he didn't play very well. You're going to need better from him in this game. Now, the good news is he doesn't usually have two bad games in a row, and neither does Wendell Green. Looking at the offensive side of the ball, uh, well, actually, sticking with the defense, when Iowa can shoot well, they win 99 times out of 100. I think they're 13-2 and two when they hit a certain percentage, something like that, so... Auburn, the good news, though, is that Auburn has been really good at running teams off of the three-point line this year. They are they have played very good three-point defense. Part of that is the fact that the SEC just has not shot the ball well as a whole, but they still do a pretty good job. They are an above-average defense when it comes to three-point shooting. Uh, but the flip side of that, again, when they try to go inside, you're going to have to play better than you did, especially against Arkansas. Uh, on the offensive end, if you don't turn the ball over, you should be pretty good. Because Iowa is not a very good defensive team, and they try to counter that by creating turnovers and stealing possessions. They, but if you can limit your turnovers, uh, just keep it below 10, 9, something like that, you should be pretty. You should be in pretty good shape offensively. So this is a very offensive-heavy team. Their defense is lackluster, but they do take risks. They jump a lot of passing lanes. They will try to rip at the ball. Uh, so if you can hold, if you can take care of the ball, you should be able to score on this team. It's the matter of who can score more. We've not mentioned this week that Iowa has only played two games in the month of March, and they lost them both. They lost at home on the fifth to Nebraska, not a very good team, eighty-one seventy-seven. They lost to Ohio State while Ohio State was making a run in the Big Ten tournament. 
They lost the Buckeyes 73-69 in their first attempt uh, in the Big Ten tournament. So Iowa has not won a game technically since February 28th, although they've only played two of them. So they are not necessarily playing their best right now. Maybe they will snap out of it. Hopefully not. Again, when you break down this team, they score a lot of points, uh, just over 80 points a game. Again, Chris Murray is the name to keep a big eye on. Now, mm-hmm. now that's not going to be their only capable player. They've got four other guys that average at least 10 points. So that's a part of why they're a good offensive team is that they've got a clear leader, a clear bucket getter that that is going to be a go-to guy. But that's if he scores 10 or 12 or is inefficient, that doesn't completely handicap what they're trying to do but Chris Murray at 20 and a half points a game just under eight rebounds he shoots it at 48 and a half percent from the field 34 percent from three so pretty good numbers all the way around 74 percent from the free throw line will do just fine too he is again the brother of Keegan Murray who was selected pretty high in the NBA draft and uh, has been a, a relevant rookie in the NBA this year so he's the go-to guy uh, for Iowa It'll be important to see what Auburn will do with Murray, uh, his measurable 6'8", 220. So that's the type of size I think maybe Jalen Williams would try to guard, maybe some Flanagan. Uh, I think they start with Williams, though. Probably don't go Broom. Uh, Murray is not necessarily an athletic freak, so I think Broom could keep up with him, but I don't know if you want to pull Broom away from the basket because Murray can play outside too. So Auburn might try two. They might have two or three different guys that will earn uh, a look on Murray at some point. Again, they have uh, they really try and keep their rotation to about seven guys. They have seven guys that average at least 21, 22 minutes a game. No one else averages double figure minutes per game. So, I mean, they could play Euless, or excuse me, they could play Bowen and Dix a little bit, but they're pr- they're primarily a seven rotation team. And of those seven guys. Everyone shoots between 32.8% from three and 35% from three. So they have guys that will take them, not necessarily any guys that are just are guaranteed to hit four threes in a game, but it's a kind of a safety and numbers thing. If they, if they all have two or three cracks at it, certainly one or two of them at least are, are going to make something. So they're going to try a lot of threes. Uh, they're going to try... Uh, to be an offensive-minded team. We talked a little bit yesterday about the rebounding, though. Their biggest player that they really rotate, 6'9", so Auburn does have the ability to be a little bit bigger at the post positions. Now, Iowa has some longer guards, as Justin Ferguson said yesterday, but uh, they are a much better offensive rebounding team than they are defensive rebounding team. And, of course, Brent, we, we've talked multiple times this year about Auburn having some some woeful rebounding performances. Most of the time, they've been very even, but every sixth game or so, they've had a really bad rebounding night, and they're going to have to be focused when it comes to Iowa. They are the 32nd, I believe, offensive rebounding team in the country. Yeah, and that's part of what I was talking about earlier when you need Janai Broom to play a better game, not just challenging those shots, but going after the misses. And it's, it can't all be him, but you're going to need to get some Chris Moore minutes in here just to go after rebounds. Alan Flanagan's going to have to do a good job getting in because, like you said, their biggest guy is 6'9", but their guards are 6'3", 6'4". They're going to be bigger in the backcourt than Auburn is, so when you have that kind of matchup, you're going to need your forwards to go in there and get some rebounds, and you're going to need your center, who is going to have a 2-inch advantage, 
uh, to go up and grab some of those boards as well. And not just on the defensive end, but on the offensive end as well. It is a distinct possibility that Auburn could have some some lucky bounces and some easy putbacks tonight if they're in the right spots. It's going to also be interesting because this is something that fortunately has not cropped up for Auburn since the first half of SEC play. But remember, there was a streak where uh, Auburn was allowing one particular player to score 25 to 30 points in in, in a given game. That really did not come to fruition, even against the likes of Brandon Miller down the stretch for Auburn. But uh, this team, obviously with Murray, that makes it possible Murray could have a big game. But also the fact that because of those bigger guards are are out there, you wonder about Zepp and in particular Wendell Green Jr. if he's matched up on a guy that's three, four inches taller than him. Are they able to shoot over him given that they are willing to shoot? They're all willing to shoot jump shots. They're all willing to get a look at three. You wonder if one of those guys, whoever Wendell Green is matched up on, is able to get cleaner looks. That's something we saw Eric Stevenson kind of do against West Virginia. Of course, during that stretch, Auburn was giving up 30 in all different kinds of ways. Drivers, shooters, you know, I mean, it was four or five of them for a while. But uh, that might be another X factor, too, is because they all shoot, uh, does one of them get hot in a particular matchup against an Auburn defender uh, that might be a little smaller? That will be worth watching, too. Going to take our first time out of the show. When we come back, James from Montgomery will join us on the Auburn Bank. Phone line, you're listening to the Thursday edition of Sports Call. Don't want to call into the show? Send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail. Sports call at the tiger.fm. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Thursday. Ryan LaVoy, Brand Daughtry with you. Again, getting off the air at 5 o'clock because that's when the Auburn Sports Network coverage of Auburn men's basketball in the NCAA tournament begins. Also want to shout out to the Auburn women's basketball program since we won't be on the show tomorrow. They'll be in a WNIT matchup in Neville Arena against Tulane tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. That will be on FM Talk 93.9 as well. Britt Bowen, Larry DeShera will be on the call. Brooks Childress will be in studio for halftime and uh, run, running the show, producing it as well. So a uh, lot of postseason basketball ahead. We hope the Tigers can advance to both Saturday and then uh, later on, but we will certainly have to see. All right, let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. First up on the show today, James from Montgomery. James joins us. James, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I was uh, while y'all were on uh, on a commercial break. I was just looking at my uh, March Madness bracket, and I just lost my first matchup against Alabama. I had Texas A&M uh, 
Christian uh, University, and they lost that game for me. I thought they were going to win it, but I mean, I, I still got I still got a lot of points out of that game, so I just got three points out of that game as well. So I got a lot of other games. Uh, to go, so I'm hoping I get a perfect bracket. But if it's not perfect, then I just have to deal with a unperfect bracket as well, like a busted bracket uh, with you know with like two busted tires as well on this one. Well, uh, hardly. I, I don't think anyone ever really ends up with a perfect bracket, James. So uh, I think it's uh, it's okay. Although with Alabama, uh, that was a pretty bold prediction by your part. I think everyone had Alabama to win that game and. Uh, I think they could be going on for a long time. So that one might hurt you in the end, but uh, you never know. There are certainly a, a lot of upsets around March Madness. We saw Furman beat Virginia, and that was a big one earlier, and I'm sure there'll be some more. Yeah, because I did, um, with that one, I did have Furman uh, beat Virginia, so I'm happy about that one. So I think Furman will play uh, the winner um, in in the second round. I don't know who, who, who Furman will be playing in tomorrow's game as well. So I don't know who they'll be playing. I'm hoping that it will be. Um, I'm I'm hoping it will be a, a, a good team that Furman uh, actually plays against uh, as well. They will play the winner of the San Diego State and Charleston game. That's the five twelve game going on that just went to halftime with the Aztecs leading by three. So that's who Furman would play. Yeah. So I do not have the Aztecs winning that one. I had the other team that the Aztecs are playing, so I had that same favor. I think it's, uh, you said... Uh, Charleston. Yeah, I have Charleston uh, favorite to win that game, so Charleston, if they come out and win, I'll have Charleston and uh, Furman actually playing each other in tomorrow's game as well. Yeah, that game would, uh, would be on Saturday, but that would be uh, a very fun matchup of two teams that are not used to to advancing in the NCAA tournament. So we'll just have to see if, if Charleston can pull it through. And that was an epic finish to the Furman game today. Yes, as well. And then um, I'm looking at, well, I'm going to be listening to Auburn and Iowa. So I know we played them before in the regular season. So I'm just going to see how Janai Broom is actually going to, you know, make some good shots and, and actually uh, control the paint and seeing what he's really going to do. And uh, seeing what, uh, you know, Janiah Broom, I think this is going to be his time to shine in Birmingham. So I think this is, uh, this is going to be a really, a really good um, Auburn team that has, has actually played in Birmingham before. So I think this is not just going to be their first uh, away from uh, Neville Arena. So I think this is going to be like a home field advantage for them. As well for us as Auburn fans, we uh, we bring the jungle wherever we need it, and I think Birmingham, um, you know, Birmingham would be would be rocking, you know, this this jungle uh, fever that we actually have for March Madness as well. And I think uh, to to top this all off, I think Auburn might cut down the nets on April third as well. Long way to go to get there, but we certainly uh, hope Auburn can can try and make a run you just never know an eight seed has one or uh, i believe has won into a tournament before they've certainly gone uh, to the final before in the out of the eight nine but uh, i think that obviously like you were talking about being in birmingham will will allow for there to be a lot of auburn fans there we hope that uh, they do drown out any leftover alabama fans and 
Uh, we, mm-hmm. we hope that Auburn does have a, a nice little advantage there and can get uh, get through Iowa. Yes, that's all, because I was looking at um, their Auburn's uh, first time ever playing in Birmingham. Uh, I was looking at the history of this uh, tournament that Auburn actually played, and I think their first time ever playing in Birmingham was in 1984 or 85, if, I'm, if my math is correct on that one as well. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Obviously, Auburn's been to Birmingham several times here as late. They played UAB a couple times in Birmingham, uh, played St. Louis the year after they, they finished the UAB series in Birmingham. So they, they've definitely been the Legacy Arena pretty pretty recently. I don't know how many off the top of my head actually played in that St. Louis game that are still on the team now. I think a couple players, but uh, for the most part, still a different team and uh, I, I think that obviously the the stakes being way higher, uh, we will see if it translates. But certainly a wonderful opportunity for Auburn to get to play an NCAA tournament game in Birmingham. Yes, as well because I know uh, Birmingham is uh, not too far away from Auburn, and I mean we we really have a lot of Auburn fans up there in in, uh, in the Birmingham metropolitan area as well, and I think that Bruce Pearl would bring his uh his really his um his greatness from his years at Tennessee and bring it to Auburn and uh I actually see these guys actually going to another final four uh this this coming up year in Houston as well because I know they've been to the final four uh in years past with Tony Barbie and uh many other coaches before uh coach Barbie as well. Uh, yeah, Auburn did not make an NCAA tournament uh, with Tony Barbie, so it was not with Tony Barbie. It was with uh, Bruce Pearl a few years ago. But we will just have to see what Auburn uh, what Auburn can do in the tournament. It could end for them in a matter of a few hours, or it could go a few weeks. You just never know. What else is on your mind today, James? Well, I'm actually looking at the uh, NCAA women's division on this March Madness uh, weekend and uh, seeing if, uh, Don Staley and the South Carolina Lady Gamecocks would uh, take it all. And I think with South Carolina, I think they're really uh, going to show some, some, uh, some, some great, uh, great, great uh, history with the South Carolina uh, Gamecocks and actually win it all. And I, uh, and I wish uh, Don Staley uh, uh, best of luck in, in her success. And she has a winning uh, program with South Carolina as well. She certainly does. She's built a powerhouse at South Carolina, and they're undefeated. They're going to be very hard to beat. They've already played a lot of the top teams in the country, honestly, like LSU and UConn, a couple others throughout the year, and already beaten them. So South Carolina, pretty much a heavy favorite. But again, you, that's you got to play it out, and we'll see what happens. Yes, as well. And then with um, Auburn baseball right around the corner, about. You know, that's going to start uh, next, what, I think tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow they're actually going to be playing their first game in uh, Arkansas. So I think I think that game for uh, Butch Thompson, I think that's going to be a really good uh, game that we're going to play against Arkansas. And, you know, I've seen some great highlights from last week when we played against uh, Georgia Tech. And, I mean, that was a really good matchup and one of the oldest matchups in SEC play. Uh to actually see Auburn and Georgia Tech actually playing one of the best uh, games in baseball history as well. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, that. Well, I mean, it certainly was a fun game. They were down big in that one. They 
tied it at 11, then it went to extra innings. No one could score for four or five innings, and then Auburn was able to get the walk-off win. So it was really good to see the bats continue to perform for Auburn. I think pitching is going to be very important in Fayetteville. Tigers trying to get healthier on the mound, and Arkansas, the number seven team in the country, they can really hit. So Auburn's going to have to have some better pitching performances this weekend if they want to get a series victory. Yes, as well. And then with uh, spring football uh, right around the corner on uh, April 8th, I'll be there in Auburn for the 8-8 game. So this will be my first time ever being back on the Plains and uh, getting to see what Hugh Freeze is actually going to do uh, for the upcoming 2023 season. And I think that we are that we have a great uh, championship team as well and uh, seeing what Robert Ashford is really going to do this year as well. Yeah, the development of Robbie Ashford will be uh, very important for Coach Hugh Freeze and for Auburn if they want to take a big step forward next year. Obviously, I think expectations are going to be a little low to start off with coming off the rough 5-7 and seven last year and you know, even the 6-7 and seven the year before that. So uh, we will see. Uh, obviously, a long way off, but it is exciting that spring ball is here and the 8 game games coming up in a few weeks. Yes, that's all because I would be out there for um, something that's very – uh, special. I know that uh, Frank Thomas is actually going to uh, have his statue uh, unveiled. So I'm actually going to be, you know, talking with Frank Thomas and uh, getting to meet him as well, and uh, you know, trying to see a lot, you know, what he's meant to the Auburn uh, baseball program as well, and uh, getting to know some stories on, on, you know, getting to talk to an Auburn uh, great. Uh, baseball player like Frank Thomas and actually getting to know, uh, you know, actually getting to know when, what was his uh, favorite thing as a freshman at Auburn as well. Yeah, that would be interesting to find out. And obviously one of the legends of the game and uh, a Hall of Famer, uh, well-deserved, and that will be a very exciting day. Yes, as well, because, it, I mean, when it's a day for me, it, it's just like it, it's so much. Uh, that I can actually take in, and I think this is going to be um, very amazing for me, you know, being an Auburn fan. And uh, I always actually have other Auburn fans at, ask me a lot of questions on, like, how many games have I have I've ever attended in person, or what was my favorite moment in uh, in Jordan Hare Stadium, or in in the Auburn Arena, or Plainsman Park, or uh, the softball field the uh soccer complex i mean the 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 stories just pour right out of me and it, and a lot of people always ask me you know am i gonna you know go to a different like another fan base no i i won't i won't change auburn for anything in the world i'm i'm actually staying an auburn fan as as long as i can and and a lot of uh, Auburn fans would like to hear more about me as well. Yeah, you're an Auburn Tiger, James. There is no doubt about that, uh, and uh, we know that you're going to stay that way. Do you have any uh, final thoughts for us before we let you go today? Well, I actually do have some final thoughts as well, and um, I'm just seeing what Auburn is actually going to do for the March Madness tournament, and if we win this whole tournament, I would actually uh, you know, congratulate the guys on Twitter and uh, give them my, you know, uh, congratulations if they win today. I'm going to just see how uh, Bruce Pearl is going to actually take this game 
and just take, just like I always told them, take one game at a time. Just don't take it all at once. Just take every single game one step at a time, and you'll get to the end. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, James, we appreciate the phone call today. We hope Auburn can win tonight, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next time. All right, sounds good, and I'll uh, call you all guys on Monday. War Eagle, James. All right, War Eagle. That is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We need to take our next time out of the show. More sports call right after this. call crew wants to hear from you give us a phone call at 334-887-3401 i'm deshaun davis former auburn tigers football player and all sec linebacker you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Welcome back to Sports Call on this Thursday. Ryan LaVoy, Brandon Daughtry with you. Again, just a two-hour show today. Auburn basketball coming up in about an hour and a half airtime on FM Talk 93.9 and just over two hours until tip-off. Let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line, phone line now, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up on the show today, Ward Dam Steve. Retire Ward Dam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? Well, since so you asked me that, guys, but first, let me ask you guys, how are you doing with your brackets? Uh, I think I'm like one and two so far, something like that. Two I, and two. Two and I two. Am, I'm one and three, I think. All right. Join the crowd. So uh, just to hopefully make everybody feel uh, less, maybe, I guess, uh, uh, stupid or whatever, you know, <laughs> on their bracket picks, uh, I came across an interesting uh article and uh, really good stats information about the the brackets uh, challenges from the NCAA website itself. You know there's never been a, 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 a perfect bracket ever. It's never been made. You know that, right guys? I, I, I think I did, yes. Okay, well, here's the absurdity of the odds of ever getting a perfect bracket. According to the NCAA's uh, researchers and statisticians, the odds of getting a perfect bracket are one in 9.2 quintillion odds. Yeah, I don't like those odds. Not at all. They're not good. Yeah, well, uh, don't, don't feel too bad. They said, this is sort of like imagine this. Uh, if there are 31.6 million seconds in a year, 9.2 quintillion seconds would be 292 billion years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now, a uh, gentleman... Uh, who's a Georgia Tech professor by the name of uh, Dr. Sokol, he's a statistician as well, uh, has come up with a statistical model after several years of doing this to predict college basketball games. And what he says, guys, is that 
even the best models that he's advised other people have come up with are only right 75% of the time. Yeah, that's, um, that's to be expected in March. That's it. That's the best models. And so he went on to say, even with the most optimistic numbers, he says, which is about one in two billion, if you want a 50-50 chance of ever seeing in your life, you gotta through, you got to go through, listen to this, one billion NCAA tournaments. Huh. Man. Yeah, the numbers are crazy, for sure. All right. So then he said, then they did this research. They decided to look at the, all the bracket challenge games, okay, uh, for the past five years, because that's the ones that they have the most history on. And they did it for all the millions of players who played it. And this is what they found out. When they picked the pickers' accuracies for the first 32 first, first rounds, that's all they did, for just the 32 first rounds over the past five years, that's 160 games per user, they found what? That the best that people did was around 66.7%. Correct. And that's just with the first 32 rounds. Right. Picking. Okay, I mean, the first 32 first round games. So they took that into account. And this is what, now, you don't feel too bad about this. They say that if every person in the United States filled out a completely unique bracket that was 66.7% accurate, then you'd expect to see a perfect bracket in 366 years from now. <laughs> Man, yep, crazy. So having said that, guys, not doing too good on my brackets. I, I did three games. Hey, how many... Uh, different contests you guys enter. I did two. I did two complete brackets. You know, I I usually do four or five, and uh, I only did one this year. I, I was kind of I, I did one on like Monday night, and then I just never got back to doing more. Oh, okay. Well, I did three: CBS Sports, uh, the Men's uh, Yahoo Fantasy Tourney Pick'em, and uh, ESPN's Tournament Challenge. And I use that you know that website I told you about the. Uh, uh, what's it called? The house. So anyway, uh, uh, they did me in, guys. So I did not get their 75% accuracy. They had West Virginia. Eh. Uh, they had Virginia. Eh. They had Utah State. Eh. Uh, and so just by, I said, well, I'll, I'm going to do one, one bracket completely you know, different. So the one bracket I did do, do different so far, I've actually won with Furman. Well, of course, Steve, it, it. And of course, it is early too. So, I mean, even though you could lose the first couple, one bracket, you know, there's still a bunch of games left. So, you could still end up having a situation where you 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 could have another bracket end up being okay, uh, even if it does not looking at the better one right now. Right. Well, the researcher said this: in the eight years of the bracket challenge games that they have researched, the winners, actual winners of these bracket challenges. Only average forty nine point eight percent correct in their brackets. Man, so yeah. we can do that. Yeah, at least I hope we can. Uh, but right now, uh, I'm uh, one for three in one bracket. The other, I'm zero for three. So uh, uh, this will be interesting, uh, guys. I never expected uh, Missouri to be Utah State. I shouldn't expect Furman to uh, take on Virginia. Um, yeah, that's. I, I didn't watch those games. Yeah, that that's the real upset one. I mean, Missouri was favored to beat Utah State um, and, and as a seven ten. Uh, now, you know, not a heavy favorite. I mean, that's still a pretty even team. But um, you know, the 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 Virginia Furman one is 
you know, as I alluded to, 90% of brackets had Virginia in that one, and 4-13 and 13 only happens about – a 13-meeting 4 happens about 20% of the time, so it doesn't necessarily happen every year, but at least happen every other year. So it's, it is it is an upset that happens, but obviously it's not, not easy to predict, and uh, Virginia's just had this run where they've lost in the first round – in, in three of their last four NCAA tournaments. Obviously, the one they didn't, they won the whole thing, but they lost to UMBC in 2018. They lost to, what was it? Uh, it was a MAC team. Was it like Akron or something a couple of years ago or Toledo, something like that? And then, or Ohio. It was Ohio, I think they lost to. And then they lost this year in the first rounds and all to 13 seeds or worse. So Virginia has been one of those teams that's been very susceptible to big upsets. And sometimes the 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 thirteenth seeded team sometimes they give the high ranked teams really fits every year, do they not? Yeah, last year all the games were decided by single digits, so they they all were were hanging in there with the fours. And uh, when I um, the computer picked these uh, West Virginia, according to Oswald, they were favored over Maryland. Yeah, I, I did see that they were favored by a few points, and but look, you know, eight nine is. That's obviously the the fifty fifty game. Uh, those those are very difficult to predict, and uh, I think all four of them this year uh, can be pretty difficult. Yeah, right now the only people that are playing like they should be playing are Alabama and I guess Kansas, right? Right, and then you know that's the the obvious ones to be expected with the one sixteens. I mean, those still only happen one time in a hundred and forty something uh, outings that a sixteens beaten a one. So those are still uh, pretty easy bets. All right. Uh, Tonight's game will not be a pretty easy bet. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. You guys agree? Right. Yeah. No. The no Auburn and Iowa will be will be a tough one, and I expect it to be a close one. Yeah, and I saw that somehow it, it's come back over to the Auburn side that they're favored now by one and a half points. Yep, I, I saw that too. So that, that's, that's that's interesting. All right. So uh, I'll be sweating that game out, uh, guys. Uh, you know this isn't going away, and I don't like beating a dead horse for me, I am. But have you seen the latest regarding Brandon Miller? Uh, is it about the walk-on potentially being there, uh, being well, in the car? No, about him having a security uh, guard who's armed with a gun. Uh, who's I saw that, too. Everywhere. Yeah. Did you see that? Yes. Uh, and I said, wow. And then Miller's response was that that uh, is apparently not really that big of a deal. He said, uh I feel like we always travel with security. That's all I'm going to say about it. No, I didn't know that everybody traveled with security. Uh, that, to me, was a rather uh, inappropriate comment. But the one that really struck me is really um, tone deaf is one by uh, Coach Nate Oates. Did you happen to read uh, what he said about apparently uh, Brandon's been getting some, I guess, some very threatening uh, email messages towards him? Right, and, and said that you know he shouldn't have to be going through that and uh, painted him out like a victim. Yeah, I, I read all yeah, that. Yeah, I, I said, what are you doing making Brandon like a victim? Because I'm, a guy's quote, he says, it's nothing that a college kid should have to go through. Right. Wow, okay. Uh, if I'm the parents of that young uh, lady who just got uh, killed and the five-year-old uh, child who won't have a mother, I think they're the ones we should have to go through something like this, not Brandon Miller. Right. I mean, obviously, the, the situation is, you know, perennially bad. Uh, obviously, you know, 
I, I'm still not condoning the, the the second part of it. I don't think you should be sending uh, no, no, threats to anyone. That's, that's but, not, but exactly, but but I know what you're talking about, and I know that what Nato said. You know, he's it's still the first and foremost thing is that someone lost their life, and that and that's the most important thing. Um, and and certainly everything that that he has said in sequence has continually made things worse or or made it look like a a, a, a worse situation or just made them look like they uh, have not cared so uh, obviously that has not stopped and uh, unfortunately though it, is, it will not matter on the basketball court uh, one bit either yeah I just saw that you know there's nobody you know not even reports say hey coach Oates these are false equivalencies well, how come you keep making those comparisons because that's what they are Right, uh, and, and I can't even stand. I know they must have a PR department there in the athletic department. Where are they at? I mean, because uh, I would think, hey, 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 Coach Hose, stop saying this stuff. You know, it's, it's not really, it's not really good. But uh, uh, moving on, guys. Uh, tonight's game. Uh, I hope to gosh it's going to be you know a lot more of our fans there uh, shouting, yelling than uh, the. Iowa fans are the pretend Iowa fans. You know what I'm talking about, right? Right. Uh, do you have any clue on that, guys? I mean, should we even uh, suspect that they could outdrown uh, our our fans in attendance? I, I trust that there will be a lot of Auburn fans there. Obviously, I've seen the arena for the Alabama game, and it is packed, uh, as you would uh, expect for Alabama. Uh, but they do have to clear the arena. And uh, I will, uh, you know, Brooks is there. He is covering the game, uh, so okay. it'll be something I can ask him. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll really get a fair shot at an hour before tip, but that's something we'll definitely uh, ask him about for a, a true judgment. But I still expect there will be more Auburn fans there. Sure, there will be uh, a few that stick around and, and go to both sessions, but I, I do think Auburn will will have the most noise. Okay. Well, I haven't listened to the podcast. I, you mentioned you did uh... – Town's name Tuesday yesterday? Yes, we did. Even though it was Wednesday, so, we uh, we so did do it. I'll need to listen to it because I want to see what kind of names you came up with. Uh, with that said, guys, uh, I hope you all have a entertaining and relaxing, uh, what, four days now, right? Yes, uh, yes, sir. And, I, I, yeah, we will have the show Monday. I will not be on the show Monday, uh, but the uh, show will continue back on Monday. Okay. Well, uh, whatever you're doing, I hope it's uh, relaxing for you, and I hope the rest of uh, uh, the week is a safe one for everybody. And uh, I hope to God we somehow, you know, pull the uh, the game out, and maybe we get to play Houston. Who knows? But uh, a lot more things in life than, than losing a game. So with that said, guys, thanks for your time as always. Uh, my time is way way up. And so until next time, guys, War Eagle, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, probably next Tuesday. Then and the rest of guys will talk to you on Monday. Yes, sir, Steve War Eagle. War Eagle. That is retired Ward Am Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Just about a minute or so left in this first hour. Appreciate Steve for calling in right there and James before him. Uh, we only have a two-hour show again, as mentioned. Uh, I just will. Uh, I just kind of mentioned with Steve there will not be on the show on Monday. Uh, fun things are happening in Birmingham, uh, not the NCAA tournament. It is uh, March Madness for my teeth. Um, so uh, <laughs> that is what's going on on Monday uh, and have a, had a uh, pre-scheduled appointment there. So uh, we'll be taking care of that. Uh, Brooks, Brant, and Tom will ho- hold things down 
uh, on the Monday. And, and, of course, there'll be a lot to recap. There could be one Auburn game in the recap. There could be two. There could be a lot of sadness. It could be March sadness for everyone. Or it could be a lot of joy. You just never know this time of year, uh, as Steve put out there, to begin that phone call, there are a lot of numbers that suggest uh, it is not very likely you go very far uh, with uh, with a perfect bracket, nor do you go with a mostly perfect bracket. Uh, just that is the nature of it. And any time those double digits start winning, uh, that is what really starts to uh, throw things off. Even though I, I can get on a high horse and talk all about how I don't really respect Virginia in the tournament that much, I still had them in the Sweet 16, so we were two games in, and one out of 16 <laughs> was already cooked, and that's what happens sometimes. But out of time for hour number one, more sports call coming up in hour number two, including sports calls player of the week. It does have to do with college basketball. Of course, we'll get you set for Auburn and Iowa. Also, still got to do birthdays and sports, nightly TV guide, all that good stuff. So stay tuned. More sports call coming up after this. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second and final hour of the program today, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, the Tiger Communications app, or if you listen after the fact on the Sports Call podcast, this is Sports Call. On a Thursday, Ryan LaVoy and Brent Daughtry with you here. Again, one final hour before we get off the air for the day and for the week. Uh, as Auburn baseball has moved up a game time tomorrow, they will have a 3.45 airtime right here in Tiger 95.9, 4 o'clock first pitch. Therefore, we will not have a show. That will also mean if you're going to look for Auburn softball tomorrow, both games will now air on WQNR 99.9 Kate FM. That one first pitch will be around 11 a.m. Uh, the first matchup, second one should be around 1.30. They're out in Oklahoma City. they got Weber State and Northwestern tomorrow. Then they'll have Northwestern and Oklahoma on Saturday, and then another one with the Sooners on Sunday. A big, uh, big outcome hoped for for Auburn softball. Really all the sports around Auburn having a very important week. Obviously, men's and women's basketball could see their seasons end or continue this weekend. But then also Auburn baseball with their opening series uh, of conference play, the aforementioned Arkansas series, 
Uh, Arkansas, number seven in the country, yet maybe only the fourth or fifth best team in the SEC. Uh, so that is going to be an interesting test for the Tigers away from Plainsman Park. And then, as I mentioned, Auburn softball going to play two against Northwestern, two against Oklahoma, and then that one against Weber State, which should be the, the easy win of the weekend. But Northwestern was a preseason top ten team. They made uh, not Omaha. They made Oklahoma City last week. Uh, last not last week. Last year. All right, <laughs> slow down. Northwestern made Oklahoma City last year and was a preseason top ten team in softball. They have had some troubles this year. They've dropped in the rankings. But then also Oklahoma, the the juggernaut of college softball right now. Auburn, to be quite frank, just wants to try to prevent some run rule games. And that one, Oklahoma's run ruled the likes of Kentucky this year, I think 15-1 to 1 in five innings. And Kentucky was was ranked at the time. I think they still are. So Oklahoma does some incredible things in, in the sport of softball. So big weekend for all these programs. Uh, and, again, uh, no show on tomorrow uh, as uh, we've got an array of Auburn uh, sports. You also heard, again, once again, clarify, just going through all the uh, cleaning, housekeeping stuff right now. Uh, you heard Auburn Sports Today, the great feature that Brad Law does pretty much every single day. Uh, and, of course, that is distributed not only to us but to all the affiliates down the line. And so he said right here is the only way to listen. Reminder, this is 95.9. You want 93.9 for tonight's Auburn men's basketball game. Andy Bertram, Joe Champy on the call for that one. All right, before we go any further, let's do today's birthdays and sports. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. Birthdays in Sports is always presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. The Max Credit Union helps you with all of your banking needs. Good birthdays again today. The month of March continues to impress. Blake Griffin turns 34, NBA forward. Griffin was born in Oklahoma, led his high school to back-to-back state championships, played college basketball for the Sooners, and won NCAA Player of the Year as a sophomore in 2009. He was also on the cover of a like the last or second last NCAA college basketball video game. Uh, Interesting. Sports. Do you think they bring that back when they bring back the college football one? I want them to. I would love it. I really I would love it. You got to have something yeah. March Madness related. So I certainly hope they do. Uh, but but no promises there. It did expire. It went out before right. the the naming rights thing even got to be a big deal. So we will see. He was drafted first overall by the Pistons in 2010. And has played for multiple teams since. Six-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA player, one-time slam dunk contest champion. I think I said Pestons meant to say Clippers was where he was selected uh, and played first. He has been a member of the Pistons uh, as well. Played for multiple teams. And again, that six-time All-Star. Blake Griffin turns 34 today. The only guy to ever dunk without touching the rim. Yeah. Yeah. Threw it in. that's, that's That's what I know him for. Uh, crazy athleticism. Joel Embiid turns 29, center for the 76ers. Embiid was born in Cameroon, played college basketball at Kansas in 2013 with the Jay- Jayhawks. He was Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. After his one season, he was taken third overall by the Philadelphia 76ers, where he's played since. Six-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA selection, and in a battle with Nikola Jokic to win the MVP this year, Joel Embiid turns 29 today. Darn good, even if I don't like him. I'm not a big Philly guy, yeah. just in general. I, well, you know I hate Harden. Right, right. When they when they beat Philadelphia to go to the when the Hawks beat Philadelphia to go to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago, I, I saw a lot of Joel Embiid that I just was not a fan of. <laughs> you saw a lot, you didn't want to. Yeah, but he's a darn good player. He and is. uh you know, just now approaching just now turning twenty nine, so Absolutely. it's gonna be good for a while. 
Uh, it's also been good key to him for to avoid injuries because that was yes. the, he was injured out of Kansas and there was a scenario there where he ended up being uh, very injured throughout his career. So he's been healthy for most of it. Ozzie Newsom turned 67, former NFL player and executive. Newsom spent several years with the Cleveland Browns. Was a three-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro. Following his playing career, became GM of the Baltimore Ravens, where he won two Super Bowls. Recently retired, Ozzie Newsom turns 67 today. And Curtis Granderson turns 42, former MLB outfielder. Granderson was born in Illinois and played at the University of Illinois Chicago. After one season, he was drafted in the third round of the draft by the Tigers, played 16 seasons in Major League Baseball, three-time All-Star, one-time Silver Slugger, and a Roberto Clemente Award winner. Curtis Granderson turns 42 today. Again, Blake Griffin, 34, Joel Embiid, 29, Ozzie Newsom, 67, and Curtis Granderson, 42. Those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Also, we've got another segment to do right now. Uh, waited till literally the last hour of the week this week. So <laughs> kudos to us and in particular me for making that decision. But it plays into today and, and this time of year. So let's get to today's Sports Calls Player of the Week. Purdue center Zach Eady is Sports Calls Player of the Week. The seven foot four superstar led the Boilermakers through the Big Ten tournament over the past week, averaging 24 points in the contest and putting up a 30.13 rebound performance in the final against Penn State. Eady recorded a double double in three of the four games played and was named Most Outstanding Player of the Tournament after already winning Big Ten Player of the Year. With the win, Purdue secured a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Zach Eady is Sports Calls Player of the Week. Thank you to Brant for doing that for us, and good sir. Look, Zach Eady of Purdue, uh, one of the number one overall seeds, in, or number, one of the number one seeds in the tournament. Uh, Eady, a player of the year candidate, has been a monster for Purdue all year long, had the great Big Ten tournament, and I have a feeling Purdue will go uh, as far as that big boy uh, can take them. He is as big as they come, isn't he? St- standing at seven foot four, close to 260, 270. He's a big dude, and a skilled big guy. He's not just tall. He knows what he's doing out there, and uh, a really good defender as well. Played played his butt off in that Big Ten tournament. Scored thirty in the final, thirty two maybe, but just just a great all around player. And like you said, he is the engine that makes Purdue go. And if he can stay healthy and keep putting up thirty point games, they're a tough out. We're gonna see if this tournament bucks any of the trends that I get nervous about when it comes to teams in March. The two things I get nervous about are teams that are vastly better defensively than they are offensively and teams that have their best player be a big guy. Yeah. And I don't mean big guy in like, you know, a 6'8 small forward or a 6'10 guy that can play out in the perimeter like Jabari last year or or Brandon Miller this year, but just a true center uh, as their best player. I worry about those two types of teams. We've already seen Virginia go down, although four seed not necessarily expected to go too deep, but some did. Uh, and then Houston's the other main one there. And look, I know that Virginia won a title, and that should trump a lot of a lot of opinions as a you know on the defensive team dynamic. But I still can't shake the fact that every other year uh, that recently they have been out early. I can't shake that fact, and. I still think that the margin of error for those teams is so rough because many of them are just truly not very good offensive teams. And I was talking to you about Howard earlier today, and I know this is a kind of a, a not egregious, but kind of a out there example. You know, Howard, I think only 
only ended up at 68 or so in their loss to Kansas. At the time when I was talking to Brain about this, they had like 52 with 11 minutes left or nine minutes left, something like that. We're on pace for 70 or so. Right. And I said, you know, these defensive teams, they they sometimes, even against bad teams, they don't score more than 70 points. And that's why it can be dangerous for them to lose to underseeded teams because even against bad defense, there's no guarantee they're gonna they're gonna score a lot of points. There's no guarantee they're gonna get separation. And the longer games are close, the more pressure it is for the the elevated seed. And Virginia almost got away from Furman today. They they got to a twelve point lead in the second half, and then a Furman had cut it to four in about two minutes. And then it was close from then on. That's a lot of pressure to play through the last eight minutes. And so I'm going to be curious with Houston. And this is not some, oh, well, you just watch out because Auburn's going to get them. Uh, but, but this is a – Houston is a team that I truly believe is an awesome basketball team. They are excellent defensively. They've got a lot of experience with their guard play. And they have had some nice offensive moments. But they get in a big game. Can the offense be efficient enough when someone's finally someone at some point will make tough shots on Houston? That will happen at some point, no matter how good their defense is. That's how good offense is in today's college basketball. So when someone makes tough shots on them, can Houston respond? And that's my deal with defensive teams. Now back to Zach Eady type of teams, Purdue type of teams. When you have this three point centric game, and, and look, it's at all levels of basketball now. It is famous in the NBA. People take 40 and 53s a game now as teams. But even in college, we're talking about teams that shoot 20, 25, almost 33s in a game. You don't shoot as many times in uh, in the college as pro. You don't play as many minutes. So 25 or 33s can still be half your shot attempts. And if you have a big guy who's only shooting twos, if he gets in foul trouble and you don't have a, a bunch of good guards around him, or if he's a little less efficient because maybe he finally found a big that can can fight with him a little bit, say he goes 6 of 14 instead of 10 of 14 like they're used to around the rim, that can be a, a problem pretty quickly. So I'm not saying it's airtight. It's not. Virginia broke through the defensive mold. We'll see if a big guy-led team can break through the offensive mold. But great guard play is usually what wins in March. And so for Purdue to be able to go where they want to go. It, I joked about how far Edie can carry him, but really it's going to be can they get the timely shot making from guards. And so that's a potential referendum again on – because, I mean, again, Edie's about as good as they come and is about as dominant they come down low. And I just don't know if I trust the rest of the team uh, in the important moments. Yeah. You know, at its core, basketball is an offensive game. It, it is about putting the ball – in the hoop and I don't care how good you are at keeping teams from putting the ball in the hoop an incredible defensive performance is holding a team to 50 55 that's a ton of points still even if it's not a lot relatively so if you as a bad or not just an okay offensive team but a great defensive team go up against a team that you you know how many times we've seen it today a team plays great defense for 30 seconds and then a guy just hits a turnaround jumper. Yeah, fade it's, away three. It's well defended. Yeah. It's a very tough shot. It's from a, a place where a lot of shots don't go in and the guy just makes the shot. That's the sport that basketball is. You've got to have guys that can do that. And if you're a defensive-focused team and you run into a team that has guys that can do that, I mean, it gets tough. 
I mean, let's I, let's approach it from the Auburn angle. Auburn was not more talented that in 2019 than Kansas, Kentucky, or uh, Duke, or not, not Duke, um, Kansas, Kentucky. Who else did they play? North Carolina. North Carolina. North yep. Carolina. In in that Final Four run, all three of those teams were more talented than that Auburn team, but Auburn just hit a million threes. <laughs> and if you can just put up a million threes and create turnovers, then I mean you're a tough team to beat. And Auburn got nuclear at the right time. And if you run into a team that gets nuclear at the right time as a defensive team and you can't keep up with their scoring, I don't care how, what your regular season record was. It only takes one in March. Exactly. Like Virginia, teams like Virginia might be able to beat teams like Furman eight or nine times out of ten. But, again, also consider this. The penalty, because the game has evolved to more three-point shooting, the penalty for the quote-unquote lucky shot or the difficult-made shot is a point higher now yeah. because when you play great defense and force that 25-foot contested three, the few that go in, they hurt you by an extra point now. So if I make seven or eight tough threes as opposed to seven or eight tough mid-range jumpers, that's three or four extra possessions worth of points that I made in tough shots. And so, look, it doesn't happen. And, and I also don't want you to, to, to hear me and think, well, this guy just thinks there's no defense is necessary. Of course not. That's that, that's not the equation. The, there's a 100% equation when you're trying to achieve success. And I'm simply saying that offense makes up more than 50% of it. Yes. That defense still is going to have 30 to 40% of say. But that offense, the ability to make those tough shots, to score in different ways, it, again, I love the three ball. It's also still not all about the three ball. But your your primary way of scoring, if it's only a certain – it's not even one kind of two, by the way. It's not even a guard hitting mid-range and stuff of the rim. Like Memphis, for example. Memphis doesn't take threes. They're not a good three-point team at all. They score a lot of points, though, because they score in every other way. They score at the foul line. They score uh, – at the rim they score from the mid-range they've got a couple guards as Auburn knows very well after that game in Atlanta that can hit a lot of 15 footers what's that dude Keldrick Smith or something like that the guard uh, yes, from Memphis I think so I, well they you know they the guy two. the guy who went off for 30 right I believe it was him um they've got a lot of ways of scoring that aren't necessarily three so my, my emphasis is can the one type of scoring if it is a two can that be the way uh, that you can make it all the way through one of these tournaments, and so far, in my opinion, it's not really it's not really worked for those type of teams. And Purdue's going to be a great test of it because I mean that's about as drastic as it gets. Um, Memphis does have, uh, I think it was Davis. Uh, by the way, it was uh, Kendrick Davis. Kendrick Davis, okay, um, who averages twenty two points a game. Uh, and it's crazy. Memphis averages 80 points a game, and yet they don't take hardly any threes at all. Uh, and so I'm just saying I, I think that there are better ways of doing it in the way Purdue and Houston do it. Now, we'll see. They still had great regular seasons. It worked for a lot of that part, but we will see how it works uh, in March. We're going to go ahead and take our next time out of the show today when we come back. Starting to wind down things on this thursday edition of sports call have a little what to watch for over the weekend also final predictions for auburn and iowa and if auburn is able to get past iowa what a game against houston might look like stay tuned more sports call coming up after this timeout
Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Ryan Lavoy, Brand Dontry. We're watching basketball. We are watching basketball in the in the studio. Uh, Ryan we, Ryan just yelled something really loud and then immediately came back. Welcome back to Sports Call. <laughs> you got to you got to balance out tones here. Yeah, uh, no kidding. <laughs> but uh, we're watching that College of Charleston San Diego State game, which is tied with almost three minutes left. And look, uh, we we got a a real treat to start the day. Uh, a loved personally uh, Birmingham getting the to set the stage for uh, basketball today, and that West Virginia Maryland game was a quality game between two evenly matched teams. But uh, again, Furman Virginia that we referenced a couple times. If you miss that game for whatever reason, you just just know that Virginia lost. You don't know how. Uh, again, they were up twelve with. Out, I don't know, eight minutes left, ten minutes left, something, something middle-ish of second half. Fifty to thirty-eight is what I recall the score being. Furman cut it pretty quickly. They uh, took the lead a couple of times with two, three, four minutes left. Got about a three or four-point lead a couple times. Virginia then stopped them a couple times. Furman had a couple bad turnovers, bad fouls in the last two minutes. And it looked like Virginia had it. They miss a front end of the one and one, which again is a fabulous part of the college game. I love the one and one. I don't know how other people feel, but it's it's a lot of drama because you could go from two points to zero points in one shot, and it's uh, it's pretty important. So they miss that, and then uh, Furman is able to get a bucket, or or what they fouled. Maybe they were fouled. They got two points though. Yeah, I think I think there was a, a drive, and they mm-hmm. got fouled on the layup, made both free throws. And so that's what that's what it was. It was like a fifty point fifty percent free throw shooting. Right, they made both. You're right, two of two. And so one point game, twelve seconds left. They inbound the ball to Kia Clark, and Kia Clark has been at Virginia since you were born. No matter who you are <laughs> listening. He and was a freshman on that 2019 team. He was, and he's was revered at that time and throughout his college career because he made an incredible pass, I believe, against Purdue uh, to set up a, a, a game-tying shot. Virginia, Virginia again, I, I, there are no fluke championships. You win a championship, it's special. Well, this is not to discredit that, okay? They did, however, have three or four of their games where they either hit game tying or game winning shots. I mean, it it could have they could have been out early, or they could have won a couple, then been out obviously around the lead eight or final four. They even hit a shot to tie up Texas Tech late in the championship game. So that they, they had incredible clutch shooting, and one of those clutch moments that was Carson Edwards Purdue team, if memory serves, uh, that little guard that could fill it up. And Kia Clark had an incredible pass last second on a scramble play that set up a, a game-tying bucket. I think that went to overtime. So all that context, this is now his 82nd year at Virginia. <laughs> and he then has the worst pass in a while in he, the tournament. He gets the inbound and gets trapped in the corner with, with 12 seconds left. With he couldn't seconds, just held yep. it. 
They and, needed to get it across half court. Yeah, that was that was the one dynamic. He maybe knew that part of it that if the, he just sat there and got trapped for ten seconds, Charleston would have had or not Charleston, excuse me, Furman would have had two two and a half seconds to try and win the game. And he throws a home run ball at midcourt. Yeah, just and heaves, the madness heaves it, happens. Heaves it to nobody in particular. Uh, the the defensive guy that Furman has back uh, picks it off right at half court, makes a pass to a guy who's uh, on the wing, and he just drained the three. I mean, and in a couple of steps back from the three point line as well, just absolutely drained it. Um, didn't didn't even touch rim, didn't even rattle around. But with with two point five to go, I think it was two point four maybe that uh that shot went down and Furman. Furman didn't give up a great look. They, Virginia did get it across half court. They were across half court when they took the final shot, and uh, but they missed it. And that, just just an incredible ending. And you know we were all watching that. And we have for those who have never been in our office, which I guess is like ninety nine percent of the people listening. Our offices that we were watching the game in are on one end of the building, and our recording studio is on the other. And our G, our general manager Brooke was recording something back there at the time, and she said she could hear us from all the way back there. And that's yeah. that's an enclosed space, you know. We we have the pretty quiet in there, so for us to react th- that loudly, uh, it was it was pretty insane. And it Kevin Harlan on the call too it makes just, it great, just incredible. It was J.P. Pegues who hit it. Yes, and he had been two of eight, zero of three from three. Uh, before that, and he again, cough as Brent said, confidently took that, swished it, uh, and Virginia had been beaten in the first round again. So uh, the madness began early. Uh, I assume we will see some more at some point. But uh, let's go back to our Auburn Bank phone line now: three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. Next up on the show today, Jeff from Columbus. Jeff joins us. Jeff, how are you doing? Oh, doing great, guys. Good afternoon. I know y'all got a short show. I just gonna chime in real quick. Uh, I know I'm not a the biggest basketball fan, and well, matter of fact, I'm not a basketball fan. But I will bet on anything, right? So I love this tournament every year. I do. Sure. Uh, but yeah, but and I listen to Steve. Uh, you know, go on his thing about how hard it is to get a perfect bracket, and I really find it is that it is hard to believe as many people fill out brackets that somebody hasn't just got lucky and got it right you know because um what is it there's one lock right now i think it's still a lock at least in the ncaa tournament uh or or the big tournament that a one has never lost to a 16 is that true or did that change last year that that changed that that changed in 2018 when umbc beat virginia that was the year before virginia won the title uh they lost to a 16 that's the only time it's one in 147 uh but it has happened once yes okay and i saw where clemson lost in the first round the nit tournament i mean they were the number one seed i didn't know that either but uh, all that being said I think I am on pace to be eliminated in a 20-game pool or a 20-person pool with just four picks. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, there's got to be some way. I'm, I'm probably setting a record for the first person out. So I need to get Steve to look up some numbers on that. What are the possibilities of having four games 
over and already being mathematically eliminated. <laughs> uh, gosh, I think Brent said the other day that he he was going to take that position. That that's the title that he gets. But I'm, I'm I think I'm, I'm I'm in the running for it this year. But you know what? So it it is fun. Uh, like I say, it's crazy. There's probably not a whole lot of work going on. You no. Know, uh, every, <laughs> you know, with everybody's got ESPN on their phones now and stuff. It used to be where we'd have to sit there and go in a TV room, a room where a TV was. But now everybody's just got their phone on the ESPN app or something like that, and they just watching it. So it it is fun. And uh, uh, but I just wanted to chime in. I know y'all. Uh, and you all are off tomorrow. You say right? Yeah. Due to a scheduling change with Auburn baseball, we will not have a show tomorrow. Okay, and I've got one more question, and I listen to J.J. all the time. On your clip for the Auburn softball, is that J.J. announcing when he gets excited and his voice changes another pitch? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, we have some, I think we have a lot of Britt Bowen in that. Yeah. Uh, that might be Britt okay. Bowen that you're hearing. He, Britt does would, okay. the most softball games, yes. Okay, because I go... Man, that doesn't even sound like J.J. I said he sounds normal. <laughs> but, but it's still a different pitch. But, no, uh, if you see him, just tell him I'm thinking about him and picking about him. Is J.J. in the tournament pool by a chance? He, I told him to get in it yesterday, and the goober fell okay. asleep last night. And then he had to board a plane uh, at 5 a.m. this morning to get out to OKC to do Auburn softball when they're out in that Oklahoma City tournament. So he, he forgot Bam. all about it. Oh, well, that's okay. Uh, uh, like I say, he's it, uh, it's not like he was in any danger from me of losing. So, uh, Well, hey, look, <laughs> but, uh, you know the motto was we're yeah, all here to beat J.J., and since he can't win, uh, yeah. he didn't even submit, we all beat J.J. technically. Yeah, ex- exactly. We all, uh, But you know what? Even without him filling out a bracket, I may be close between him and I. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine that, man. I think you'll be all right. No, I got you. All right. Well, guys, we'll talk to you all later on, and uh, yeah, have a good weekend. You too, Jeff. We appreciate the phone call. That is Jeff from Columbus joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Always have a good time talking to Jeff. Uh, he is in our uh, bracket pool uh, for March Madness. I have not checked that yet today. Everyone should have gotten the Kansas and Howard game correct in the Alabama-Texas A&M Corpus Christi game. If you did not, then yes, your bracket is in grave danger already. Uh, but I think we're all in the same boat pretty much with that Virginia-Furman game. A lot of people had Charleston in the 12-5 against San Diego State. Uh, anything can happen. Uh, but Charleston uh, is going to need some missed San Diego State free throws or some chaos to, to get back in it down three with uh, the Aztecs having the ball late. But yeah, I just checked our bracket challenge. My bracket is currently in last. So is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I. Well, unless I had, unless I could have scrolled down, last? it might be. It might be tied for last. But either way, like I, I scrolled all the way to the bottom, and I am at the bottom. Well, so. be, well, because it, it does it based off of uh, you know current right points. There, and, there are three of us tied at nineteenth right now. Okay, and then a bunch of people in tenth, and then second, and uh, AU Prime twenty four is, is first. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Is he perfect? Uh, or let me check. G? I just closed it. Uh, well, good timing then yep. on, on both of our parts. Yeah, man, we're doing great. <laughs> we're doing great radio here. Um, AU Prime. I think you'd have 50 or 40 or something. I think they do it 10 points in the first round. 
for each winner. Right. I think, uh, yeah, he's got 50 so far. All yeah, right, he's, so he's, five he's for five. perfect at the moment. Good for him. So there you go. Or she, I don't know. One or one of however many billion that uh, Steve was <laughs> talking about early uh, so far. But we're going to go ahead and take our final time out of the show when we come back, what to watch for over the weekend, uh, which will essentially just be us and talking about Auburn and Iowa final Absolutely. predictions there. And if Auburn's able to face Houston, then a nightly TV guide again. Show ending in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. We'll wrap things up for the day and for the week right after this. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. On this Thursday, Ryan LaVoy, Brandt Daughtry with you. Just a few minutes left in the show today. Again, getting off air, let you focus on Auburn basketball. They are on the airwaves 5 o'clock over on FM Talk 93.9, or if you're listening out of town on your local Auburn Sports Network affiliate, the radio broadcast uh, from Andy and, and Joe Champy cannot be heard unless you're listening on the actual radio Streaming rights are exclusive in the NCAA tournament to Westwood One. So a few minutes left. Auburn, Iowa coming up in about an hour. Final thoughts from you, Brant, on what it's going to take for the Tigers, what you're expecting to have happen inside of Legacy Arena tonight. Limit the turnovers and knock down the open shots. Something that Auburn has been iffy on with both uh, teams that like to force turnovers have created some turnovers. But when Auburn is able to hold on to the ball, they usually play pretty well. They've been shooting about 38% from three for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think since the Tennessee loss, I think that's what their number is, 38%. Uh, So they're shooting really well from three. Um, And and play defense. Be sticky on defense. You you create tough looks because they're going to knock down a lot of shots. It's what they do. But make it as tough as possible. Run them off the three-point line. Uh, and when you play good defense for 30 seconds and you make and they make a contested shot anyway, make it a two and not a three because like like we touched on earlier, the those those threes hurt you one point more. So, um, yeah, just just play fundamentally sound basketball, and when you get open looks, put it in the hole. I smell a game of runs tonight. Mm-hmm. I think anytime you're dealing with three point teams, they will have segments where they hit. Four out of five, three out of six, something like that, and get it going a little bit. And then they will have segments where they go 0 of four or one of six and go a little colder. And so I think that Auburn will need to, uh, when Iowa gets the momentum, uh, answer back with some buckets mm-hmm. at that moment. It's not necessarily as easy as just, well, we'll just play better defense. Well, again, we've discussed sometimes when you get hot, 
you make a few tough ones, and, and Iowa has a, a pure scorer in Murray that scores 20 game. He'll hit some tough shots, and then they have six or seven guys to defend from the three-point line. The odds are a couple of them are going to get it going at some point, but the key will be that those are the moments where Auburn has to answer. Uh, they've got to – they themselves take smart shots. You know, They should be able to, if they work their offense – get good looks against Iowa. Now, that does not, of course, the flip side of it, does not guarantee you make those good looks. Auburn has struggled offensively most of the year, 72 points a game compared to just over 80 for Iowa. And so Auburn has not always taken advantage, but we know some of the storylines of they have shot better the last 10 games. Uh, They've gotten a version of Katie Johnson that Auburn was much more familiar with last year, and it's a very good version of Katie Johnson they know their identity. They know the four or five guys that are going to be taking most of their shots. They know who to get the ball to. When it gets close late, how do they operate? Do they go through Wendell Green Jr. again? Do they try to start something with Jalen Williams or Flanagan or, or start in the post on a play with Broom? How do they operate in late-game situations? That will be worth watching too. Uh, the Houston thing, if Auburn is able to get through Iowa – is interesting because Houston usually is not able to score a lot of points. So while Auburn might be painful in offense at times, if they are able to get through to Houston, Houston might not be able to run away in those moments. And so all in all, the, the potential's there. We know an 8-9 beats a 1 almost every year. I mean, it, it does happen a good bit. There have been some very famous ones. I can think of Northern Iowa knocking off Kansas 10 or 12 years ago was out of nowhere. Think of UAB beating Kentucky about 16, 17 years ago. Obviously, just last year, it was a big brand, but North Carolina was an eight seed when they beat one seed Baylor and ultimately went to the championship game. Uh, Kentucky has been an eight seed before and gone to a title game. So this thing can happen, uh, but you got to get through the first one. Uh, I think it will have to be a little bit higher scoring. Auburn will have to be a little bit more on their A game. I think they'll obviously have their moments where they play good defense. But remember, another element, too, Iowa does not turn the ball over a lot, only about nine and a half, ten a game. That's one of the higher marks or one of the better marks in the country, too. Uh, so that will if you can't win that element of the, re, of the possession battle, you will need to rebound the ball well or else Iowa could end up with a lot more possessions than you do or at least a lot more shot attempts. So going to be a lot of fun, uh, going to be very nerve-wracking uh, because we do assume it will be a close game. Again, hoping for – we know a lot of Auburn people will be there. We're hoping that they – uh, overwhelm any leftover Alabama fans, and I still anticipate that they will at the end of the day. Uh, Auburn has certainly always traveled well. I think they will make the 280 drive up, even though it's not necessarily the most fun one in the world. I think they'll do a great job of that and should be a good atmosphere inside of Legacy Arena. And again, reminder, uh, this is the last moment of the show for the week. We will have Auburn baseball tomorrow. I will beat out, be, or I will be out Monday and so Brooks, Brant, and Tom will have all the recaps from the entire week of our weekend of NCAA tournament play on Monday for you. Um, lot of lot of sports to go on again. WNIT Friday night inside of Neville Arena. Uh, Tigers taking on Tulane. Britt Bowen on the call of that one. Baseball and softball on top of the men's basketball tournament. That's kind of a, a what to watch for over the weekend. A lot going on. Very excited about everything. And uh, if you're a student, you can get in for free and enter for a chance to win a PS5 at that women's basketball game. They announced it on Twitter. So, hey, 
Tough to get a hold of. That Tough is, to get a hold of. Might be your best chance. That is pretty sweet. Uh, did not know that. That is that is going to be yeah, very trying to spread the good exciting. word, man. Also, nightly TV guy presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Watch the college basketball tournament. Watch yeah. March Madness. Auburn Duke Sports. plays tonight. All these great teams play tonight. CBS, True TV, TNT, and there's one more, isn't there? Uh, t- did you say CBS, TBS, TNT, True TV? I don't know which one okay, you said. That's Those fair. are the four, though. TBS is not the one I said. TBS is the one I didn't TB- say. TBS. TBS. There you go. I think. I don't know. That will do it. Watch them for, for the show for today and for this week brant thank you for being here today thank you for having me and of course we thank all those that tuned in and called in as always as well for brant daughtry my name is ryan loy have a great thursday night enjoy auburn basketball enjoy the ncaa tournament and we will talk to you on monday